Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. Where are your hosts, Rachel Rood and Robin Rood. This week, we're bringing you an interview with acclaimed local chef, Doug Katz. He's the owner of Fire Food and Drink at Shaker Square and caters all around Northeast Ohio. We spoke to Chef Doug Katz about his love of food at B'nai Sheran Congregation in Pepper Pike. Chef Doug Katz, thank you so much for joining us for uh, Cleveland Schmooze Podcast. Thanks for having me. So we like to kind of just start off by asking people, tell us a little bit about their Jewish background and what it was like growing up in your household. Sure. So uh, I had a very, um, let's see, minimal, you know, Jewish background mm-hmm. growing up, though we would go to my grandparents' house on my mom's side every Sunday for, for meals uh, with the family. I didn't necessarily think of them as religious at all. And we would do them on Sunday, not on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would have uh, the holidays. I mean, we would have... Actually, she would come to our classes in first grade and make potato latkes uh, for my brother's class. And then when she did that for my brother's class, I was two years behind. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait for that day Yeah, because she and my dad came. That's what and my did mom that. did for our oh, class. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I only brightened up because my mother, because mm-hmm. we live in Chagrin, my kids went to Chagrin Falls schools, and my mother... Every brushes, every Hanukkah mm-hmm. brought in the fry pan, the potatoes, and the entire class, the entire school stunk from you know the mm-hmm. oil. And but the teachers loved it. Oh, it's so Absolutely great! Absolutely loved it. Well, so, and so they, I'm glad to hear somebody else's oh, family yeah. did that too. They did that, and then we would. Um, it was it was so much fun. So I remember doing that with them, and I actually now do that. You know, I I don't do that anymore, but I did it for my kids. But uh, let's see, we went to Suburban Temple growing up. Mm-hmm. We. Is that reform? That's reform. Mm-hmm. And I would say very reform. You know, <laughs> even back then. I mean, and my grandparents, I mean, my, my grandmother and my grandfather, I would say, were the most religious. Sometimes my father wouldn't even go to temple. My dad was a workaholic and mm-hmm. he was a physician. So he would, you know, if it was the Jewish holidays, he would go to work and my mom would bring us with my grandparents. Uh, but I had a bar mitzvah there. And it was actually a, a ben Torah, they called it at the time. And uh, don't ask me. Yeah, I think it was a different. uh, I should know, but it was just a different wording, and I don't know if it's in the reform movement somehow. They, but I had one, and my brother had one, and I loved that experience, and Mm -hmm. I was confirmed. So I went long enough there where I, I did. Because you have to be like a senior or tenth grade or something like that to get confirmed. Yes. Yeah. So I went all through, and I do not have great memories of my religious school experience on Sundays at from 10 to 12, I thought of it more as like a, uh, just a, a heart. Yeah. Chore and not something that I was interested in. And, and I felt more like it was sort of a babysitting for us, you know, my, our parents and not that they did anything, right. but it was, um, but I do remember. So I actually see all of my carpool friends who come to my restaurant and we always talk about carpool and, the social interactions, I love 
you know, you know, all the people that I went mm-hmm. to school with, I think we just had amazing social times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what year? What year? So I am uh, 48. So this was from 75 until, could it have been 1980? Maybe it was, no, well, no, it was 75 to 85, what'd you say? Were yeah. you, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Were you, um connected at all to like other Jewish families growing up was it were you in a Jewish neighborhood so uh I was in Shaker and uh we lived definitely went to I my best friend's house growing up and his parents went to suburban temple they all went to suburban temple as well mm-hmm. I would say they had more religion in the house than we did mm-hmm. but every religious experience to me is related to food because I love food and mm-hmm. that's all I think about is food yeah. and so if it's latkes or matzo balls or or pickles or, you know, whatever it is, it, it was, mm-hmm. I love all the Jewish holidays because of all the mm-hmm. food. And I love my mom's brisket and I love... Do you have recipes? Um, I, mean, I do have a lot of recipes. I mean, I have this nasty looking folder of everybody's handwritten mm-hmm. recipe for like 50 years. Do you have something like that? Unfortunately, I'm terrible at documentation and recipes and I say if I ever am going to have a cookbook it's someone's going to have to write the recipe someone's <laughs> going to have to take the pictures and do it all because I am just not is it just something you can remember oh yes I mean it's all about to me it's all about I was in the kitchen making this with my parents and mm-hmm. you know my latke recipe I could tell you right now it's one egg and one tablespoon of flour and one potato and a little salt and pepper and a quarter to a half of a onion grated so it's great and so it's I think I try and keep things simple mm-hmm. and and break it up in you know easy do you do big latke parties at home so family or friends? these days I mean I I've for my kids school every year they're 15 now but I you know at a certain point we had to cut it off but I would you know go in and make latkes for them I make them on, on our, our catering parties I do them from the fall through the winter mm-hmm. I mean I'm doing them tonight I think I did them last night for a party. So, yeah, we we always... I mean, we have them in July. We have them in... <laughs> we have them... My, my kids, it's my their favorite thing. Growing up, was it like your mom or your dad? Who was the cook in the house that you sort of emulated? My mom was the cook. Yep, my dad was the gardener. So mm-hmm. my dad would grow cucumbers and he, and dill, and you know he would make dill pickles every year. And we didn't think it was such a great thing, but and he'd do pickled tomatoes and all of those things. So and we now have his pickles. We call them Dr. Katz's pickles, and we serve them at the restaurant. But <laughs> nice. so I think I learned. We had a family that was uh, sort of that focused on the Jewish values and things, and so we're a close family, and we you know, loved food, and my dad made these pickles, but I don't know if I necessarily related it to Jewish culture, and they came to our class to do latkes, and I don't know that I related it to Jewish culture either, mm-hmm. but I always, it would, food brought us all together, mm-hmm. and... For some people, their religion is the food, that if you, if you yes. bring them a corned beef sandwich, they're Jewish. Yes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with whether you went to Rosh Hashanah services or not, you got the latkes, the corned beef... I'm a Jew. And you're nurturing mm-hmm. each other, and you're sharing conversation mm-hmm. and, and your lives. And, Storytelling. Mm-hmm. So yes. what is your beliefs today? Like, do you practice at all beyond 
the cooking aspect of religion. So my, I married into a family that's uh, more of the cons, you know conservative level. Mm-hmm. She, my wife, grew up at the temple um, at Silver's, and and her uh, cousins all grew up at Park. So when we got married, we were married at Park, mm-hmm. and well, mm-hmm. I should say we were married by Rabbi Scoff. We weren't married at Park, um, but we had children and decided that park was a little too intense for mm-hmm. us and so we decided to join the temple and we went to uh saturday shabbaton uh, as a family and that i would say was the most uh religious experience that i have that i really loved and enjoyed and mm-hmm. we did as a family mm-hmm. we were unfortunately it was cut too short we they end shabbaton when the kids are 12 mm-hmm. And then they have their bar and bat mitzvahs or b'nai mitzvah, which mm-hmm. for them. And, and uh, we felt that was hard because we loved it so much. And then during their b'nai mitzvah year, we had no connection to the temple. Mm-hmm. They just would go. And so we were sort of sad about that. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, just rejoined Park. Um, and we did that mainly because I used Park's Kitchen to do kosher events at times. <laughs> and I love Rabbi Scoff. And so I thought mm-hmm. it would be... Nice, and we love the services with the rest of Karen's family. Mm-hmm. And now the kids are done with religious school. So we sort of go to both. We love going to the temple in University Circle at the Maltz mm-hmm. Performing Arts to mm-hmm. see where my wife grew up and all that. But Did marrying someone who had like a more religious background than you, was that something that you guys struggled with, coming to a compromise on, on how you how religious you wanted to be, how much practice you wanted to have? Not at all, because I think my uh, upbringing was one where I think I didn't appreciate it at the time, and I think that I my wife had a much more religious upbringing, and she didn't really want it any more religious, and I sort of, I appreciated all of that about her and her family, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to learn and absorb as much as I could, though I'm not so, I mean, I get overwhelmed very easy by all the information, and and, but I loved sitting with my kids and learning, mm-hmm. you know, about the Hebrew alphabet and doing all of these things with them as a novice. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in it and all of the stories. But I, I think that was something that I appreciated and hoped that would rub off on me a little bit. And Dude. my kids love, I mean, my kids are, I would say they're not religious, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, they're involved in BBYO things. They go to Camp Wise. Mm-hmm. Those are two of the most, their favorite things in life. Um, I, I went, went to, to North. Campus. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, they are, they lo- they're 15 and they mm-hmm. just love it. I went to North Star Camp in Wisconsin, which was really a great part of was my Jewish, Jewish life. It was. Oh, okay. And every Friday we would have services and mm-hmm at the council ring and so I think of that as but I think of it more as camp and not as much of Jewish life even though Mm -hmm. we were sort of celebrating our Judaism and doing things Mm -hmm. that were campy at the same time but we would you know we would have the Kiddush and we'd have like Friday have you been to Israel? yes and I actually am going uh, right after Thanksgiving this year on a food trip well so my manager from Fire and I are going and we're exploring food and drink and sort of the culture of food in Israel mm-hmm. and uh, there is some awesome restaurants in Israel amazing and I went two years ago with my wife's family and mm-hmm. we experienced so much and yeah. I wanted to take him uh, really because I would love to do a project that sort of highlights that 
culture in restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say I'm not sure it'll be would be completely Israeli in, in terms of the restaurant description. So you're but... thinking of creating another restaurant in Cleveland? Yes, I'm thinking of that. Oh, we're breaking on the down low. <laughs> now thinking of it and doing it are two different things. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we're a very low key podcast. <laughs> when you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines, including J Style, Canvas, and Balance Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week retrial at cjn.org slash six free. As you began to think about food as a career option, was bringing in your own identity, your Jewish identity, at all ever a conversation uh, when you were starting out? It wasn't a conversation, but I think that it's just in, it's just part of me. So mm-hmm. I think... You know, whether it's making latkes or doing the pickles on our menu or mm-hmm. making brisket, uh, and maybe we do it a little bit differently, but these are foods, you know, even cabbage. I mean, doing these things that I sort of grew up with, mm-hmm. I would say are making matzo balls. I mean, I make matzo balls at home. I make them, you know, for parties, and we've done them as specials. Mm-hmm. So I just think putting my take on them, and they're definitely part of my culture, so I mean... Matzo braai is something we make at home. I don't know that I've ever done it at fire, but I've thought of it. <laughs> Everybody loves it. I never right, got into so good. it, but they all love it. That's so good. So I think it is a part of what we do, but not in a very uh, direct way. It's not something that I would say, here's a Shabbat dinner that we're doing, or you know, we don't do a Seder. <clears throat> at, though we've had a family Seder at my restaurant, mm-hmm. but when it's on a Monday... <laughs> well, and I've taught my employees how to make like the beet horseradish and things like that that oh, we yeah. because we do a lot of catering. Mm-hmm. So we when we're catering, a lot of my staff does make these recipes and it's really fun. Well, there's spices all over the world yes. that you could take an American recipe and include spices from wherever. Right. And then change up that recipe. And make it something brand new. I mean, why not? Right. It's such a fabulous idea. Yes, and and you're taught such traditional cooking methods in culinary school, and gefilte fish is really, you know, making that force meat, making that mousseline, that fish. Mm -hmm. You honestly don't think of it as that, even as a Jewish person growing up. But then when you you learn about it in culinary school, you realize that is a fish. Are you pro gefilte fish? I personally am, as long as you have the beet horseradish to eat with it. Mm-hmm. And I do like it a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Um, and I like it <laughs> where there's good flavor to it. I've had it where it's just bland. and. Mm-hmm. So is you know. your background from Poland? Yes. Okay, yes. because... And, and hungry. Okay. But we never made house-made gefilte fish growing up. Okay. If I but if to. you were from Poland, mm-hmm. your flavor tastes lend to the sweeter side. Oh, okay. If you were from the eastern, more farther eastern, uh-huh. then your um, flavor palette is uh, less sweet. Uh-huh. And I only know that because I'm older than you are, mm-hmm. and I my some of my grandparents were still around who made these things. And one grandparent always never liked what the other grandparent did because one was from Poland and the other one was from. Latvia or, you know, Lithuania or Russia. 
now are matzo balls is that if you like them light, you're from one area, and if you like oh, them it's heavy, they're from way. another area. <laughs> it's always that. And if you're from Germany, your your matzo balls are completely different uh-huh. than your matzo balls. Is somebody should be writing that book. What are some things that are coming up in your field that you're really excited about? So, let's see, in my field, do you mean personally or you mean in my field, like, what are the, the trends? It can, go, it can go either way. Okay. It can be something that you're, like, experimenting with mm-hmm. that you see other people are trying in the field, or it could be just things that are coming up in your personal, you know, sure. career that you're excited about. Well, so many things, I would say. I mean, I've, I'm the <laughs> chef and owner of Fire Food and Drink at Shaker Square, mm-hmm. and I've been there for... Um, almost 18 years Mm -hmm. and we now uh, are sort of going to go through a process of sort of reimagining Shaker Square as a community Mm -hmm. and there's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different uh, uh, people within the community that are going to get together and uh, and meet with designers and and so hopefully we're going to recreate a neighborhood that is really diverse and fun and so that to me is adding new life to fire which is great and because i can imagine after 18 years like it's hard maybe to come up with new ideas and make it fresh well no i would say actually it's harder to hold back on some because we're you know like we do brunch every saturday and sunday Mm -hmm. and we i would say i have 50 to 60 things that i want to put on the menu that Mm -hmm. i can never put on because after 18 years you know, you do oh, this, and people want this, and they want this. Right, and you can only... Benedict are excellent, and I'm only going there for that. <laughs> and I will tell <laughs> you, uh, last year we changed our... We had a stir-fried rice. It was an Asian stir-fried rice mm-hmm. that we took off the menu, and we changed it to a mujadra rice, which is more Middle Eastern with Moroccan my spices. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have it with... It has uh, crispy onions that are fried in chickpea flour, mm-hmm. and uh, it has an amba sauce that goes on in coconut milk, and... All of these different things. Well, we put it on the menu. It was one of my favorite things. And I've had at least a thousand people tell me they're so mad that I took the <laughs> fried rice off. And actually, next week, we're putting the fried rice back on the menu and taking <laughs> the mujadra rice off. But had we started with the mujadra rice, we probably it would have been fine. So right. you can't necessarily do what you want to do after. It's sort of like... There you can't tell your children you what to, to do yeah. after a certain You just have to like open a brand new restaurant. That's and, like, right. Have a completely right. different exactly. Thing. You have other locations. Do you still have the other locations? So I do, but not exactly the way they were. So I own a diner on Lee Road called the Cats Club Diner. It's no longer a diner. Um, we had a fire there. Uh, it was an arson, actually. One of my employees mm-hmm. burned the place down probably three years oh ago. Gosh. And so part of the diner burned down. We kept the other part, which was the 3,000-square-foot kitchen and a diner car, and we used it for our, as our catering commissary. And catering, people wouldn't under, realize, but it's it's almost half of our business in really? uh, revenues and in, ter- in busyness. So sure. we do, like even this week, I have a party every night of the week. And um, we love catering all different types of events. So how many hours are you working then, like a day? I'm lucky. I have a great team. Mm-hmm. I have almost 70 people who work mm-hmm. for me in right. in fire and in catering. Mm-hmm. So I work a lot, but I also... And I would say I work 18 hours a day because I'm all, if I'm awake, I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm eating right. or I'm working or I'm thinking about what's next. And So I work a ton, but I don't have formal work hours. Which is really nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I love to 
go work on menus at a tea shop or, you know, a coffee shop. And my workday sort of starts at five when mm-hmm. people come to the restaurant or, you know, on sa- Saturday or Sunday at brunch. So do you ever want to follow the Michael Simon path and go I New don't. York or be on a TV show? No, you know, I think it's such a different business. It's, uh, I think you either want to be, I love performing. I actually was in Heights Youth Theater growing up and I was like, a t- I love performing. I think that's part of the reason I love this business mm-hmm. because you are interacting right. and social. But I, you think you have to choose as a professional, whether you want to be a TV personality or a you know, personality chef, or you want to be a chef who works in your restaurant and, you know, manages. And I'm a micromanager, and I love being involved (laughs) in every decision. And whether I'm cooking all day or not, I want to know that my hands have touched it all. Um, And then just to go back to that question long ago, (laughs) if there are any, like, trends that you're excited about, like, experimenting with. Well, so another thing... Two that uh, you know, I've started to take pottery this this last year. So, cool. and to me, I think the more I can be involved in the experience of dining, uh, the better. And so, I love making food. I love ma- buying food from local farmers. And now I'm really interested in using that pottery interest and in making pottery for the restaurant. So I've started to make pottery for the restaurant. And I think, I think that is a trend. Going back to sort of the basics and doing as much as you can in a process to impact it dishes yeah so i make uh i haven't made plates yet but i make martha stewart (laughs) no but i but if you see a dish that i make and you see the soup in that dish or is it gonna say in the restaurant that you made it oh yeah i have like vases for our dahlias and i have the bottom i finish uh, my soup and it isn't well so if you have it i i often will stop at your table and i'll say just so you know i made that or our olives are served in little dishes and i have little espresso cups yeah really fun so i haven't done plates yet but i'll work on a little like sauce side dishes that was great and then last thing um is there something an event coming up in november that we want to talk about um, oh, the sisterhood. It, are oh, we yeah. This? Sure. Is this part of? Oh, can sure. we? So it'll be the Benet Sharon sisterhood and the Park Synagogue sisterhood, uh-huh. and uh, we're going to be at Park Synagogue, and uh, you will be our guest on November sixth, Tuesday, for their uh, lunch program. That's so, so great. We really I'm appreciate you. Sure. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming. Oh, I sure. think the women are thrilled. Oh, I'm so glad. They can't wait. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Doug. It was so nice talking with you. My pleasure. Um, and uh, everybody go to Fire because it's really good. <laughs> Please. I did not mention that we make bagels at Fire. Oh. And it's something, it's sort of a new project in the last three years. And we mm-hmm. sell them to Rising Star Coffee. Oh. So you can get our bagels at any of the Rising Star Coffees or at Fire for brunch. All right. So. Thank you so much. Oh, you're Thank welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks, this is really sweet of you. My to do pleasure. This. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.